0: And welcome to Sparkler Podcast number 27. I am Rebecca Scoble, our audio editor, and I'm here today with our sort of usual suspects.
1: I'm Lillian, our comics editor. Uh, I'm Leanne, the prose and managing editor.
0: And today we're going to be talking about that Fujoshi Mecca, Otome Road.
2: <laughs> in Tokyo. In Tokyo. <laughs> in case anybody didn't oh, know Oh, I that. mean,
0: like, I kind of assumed everyone <laughs> knew about that. But. Yeah,
2: if you know about it at all, I think you might know that it's in Tokyo. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I actually,
2: I'll be curious to see, like, whether people know about it or not.
1: Yeah, they might not, especially the people who are not professional weebs, essentially, which we are. But Rebecca and I yeah. were in Tokyo last month, so we have a, a fresh, uh, <laughs> we know kind of the newest stuff there, because
2: <laughs> things sort of change. Yeah, yeah. We, I guess um, I'm, I'm a couple years out of date at this point, but some things change and some things just stay the same, so... <laughs>
1: Okay, so let's do a quick uh, overview of what it is and how to get there. So a lot of you guys probably know that Otome means like maiden uh, in Japanese. But with kind of the rise of otaku culture in uh, Japan, there are a couple spots, especially in Tokyo, where you could go to get particularly good, basically geek good stuff from anime and manga and video games and visual novels and rather uh, light novels and all that stuff. So um, kind of considered to be the boy stuff mecca is Akihabara, which is also an electric town. And you go there and it's very geeky. Um, But maybe 10 years ago, um, there was sort of this rise in like the Fujoshi and Fujiyoshi culture and uh, kind of marketing, I should say. And I don't want to say culture in terms of like more girls were reading boys love than ever, although I think that's probably true. But (laughs) it was more like, oh, women and the consumer base for this geek goods, we want to target them more carefully. So around 10 years ago is when you started seeing like, oh, to make games pop up. Cause there really weren't many <laughs> before 10 mm-hmm. years ago. Um, and then these kind of uh, more consumer goods, more, um, you know, more anime, quite frankly, other than just having like a few long romances running every year. Now you're getting all kinds of weird uh, shojo and shojo adjacent stuff. Like I remember the, the year that Loveless ran an anime, I felt like that was a little bit around the time of there was a turning point where they're like, Let's target women outside of just mainstream shoujo readers because Loveless is like the furthest you can get from a mainstream (laughs)
0: shoujo title out Uh, there. Okay, you would think it's the furthest, but it's like weirdly (laughs) mainstream for something that's about like pedophilia overtones and like weird and people with cat ears. Magic. Yeah. 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 That are directly tied to your sexuality and sexual experience. (laughs) So, like, whatever. Oh, God, I love Loveless so much. <laughs> like Of all the things to be mainstream, like, really?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it, the reception, especially over here, was very strange. But um, So as a result, they ended up deciding to open, there was kind of a, a cluster of stores in Ikebukuro, which is a district in Tokyo that they nicknamed Otome Road. And it was a couple, they were mostly branches of, of geek stores that already kind of existed for either boys or, or genderless for like anime goods and stuff, but they started opening girls-specific stores where they would basically stock mostly just stuff that girls would want, <laughs> <laughs> um, or at the very least, just kind of like boy-girl uh, uh, marketed. So a lot of boys love stuff, anime um, games, things like that. And now it has branched into things like sports anime, which are not made for specifically for women but have huge female followings. And uh, the way that it often works is you'll have either like a multi-tier store. And each floor has a different topic. So there'll be like the sports floor. We saw a lot of that when we <laughs> <laughs> went recently. So, you know, if, if it's an animate or something, which is a big chain of um, anime goods stores, they'll have like the top floor will be boy idols, like idol groups and stuff like idolish and um, Uteno Prince Sama and stuff. You go a floor down and it's like, this is the boys love floor. And you'll go a floor down. And it's like, this is the sports floor where you can get, you know, Haikyuu keychains and Yuri ices on there and stuff. Or also just kind of, here's a Mandarake, except all the floors are boys' love, <laughs> instead <laughs> of just one. <laughs> and it's really great, Otemae Road. And it started as just this cluster of stores. And when we went back, you know, just a matter of weeks ago, it's much bigger now. I'd say it's two, maybe three times as big as when I went five years ago. And it's not a street anymore. It's like, it branches off into a bunch of side streets.
0: They have maps in, like, at least three languages that you just pick up.
1: Yeah, we were in a a K-Books, I think, which is a big Dojinshi store chain. And um, among other things, they have other stuff there, too. But when we walked in, we were like, oh, they have these maps to Otome Road, and they had one in English, and they had one in Korean, and (laughs) I think maybe one in Vietnamese, because they know that people are coming from all over the world to buy this shit. (laughs) Mm-hmm. and probably so when, the best part when was the it first time
2: that you went there when was the first time that you went to Japan and when was the first time that you really went to like Ikebukuro uh,
1: I first went to Tokyo in 2000 that's when I went to Akihabara that was definitely okay. predating Otome Road as a thing and yeah. then I went in I went five years ago, so 2012, and Otome Road was definitely a thing, although it wasn't oh, okay. as big as it is
2: now. Yeah. When was the last time you went, William? So I went the first time in uh, January 2002, which was my first trip to Japan. Um, at that point, I'd first heard about it, – it was definitely, like, it was interesting you sort of describing the transition to, to Otome Road because Ikebukuro was definitely a geek district already, and it was starting mm-hmm. to be much more girl-targeted. Oh, so interesting! My my friend Kate, who was two years older than me at college, I was a sophomore in college at the time, had kind of been like my sensei in the matters of like Japanese geekdom. So <laughs> she'd been studying abroad the fall of my freshman year. So we didn't meet until January, my freshman year, and uh, we met in a class about fan fiction. So,
0: <laughs> Wait, there was a class um, about fan class? fiction.
2: We we so my college had like a one month sort of interstitial program where you would just take like you'd be on campus to take one fun class for a month and my fun class for January was a fan fiction class <laughs> um like the history and culture and sort of like socio you know linguistic elements of of fan fiction and fandom and uh most of the people there were like really had no idea about it i'm not even sure why they were there but kate and i <laughs> were obviously like deep 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 in the woods of fandom already Um, (laughs) and so it was a very fast friendship and then you know she was a fellow Japanese major so we kind of bonded through the Japanese program and my sophomore year instead of staying on campus I basically wangled myself I was like hey college if you let me go to Japan for three weeks you know I'll pay for it myself like I'll write a paper about it and that'll be my January program (laughs) <laughs> and that's how I went to Japan the first time. Oh, nice. Was, nice. Like, a 3 school slash vacation program. And so I went all over the country. I started in Tokyo, was there for like 24 hours, and then went all the way down to Hiroshima, and then kind of made my way back north and then back to Tokyo again um, over the three weeks. But t- so Tokyo was sort of my last stop. And I went to, so Kaita told me all about Ikebukuro. She's like, When you go there, you know, you can go get, you know, manga at certain places, but like the place you really want to go that she went when she was studying abroad is Ikebukuro. And it's like my last day, I've got my suitcase that I stow, you know, I think I'm supposed to be like on my way to the airport that evening. So I stuffed my suitcase in a coin locker at Ikebukuro train station. (laughs) There's more on that story later. (laughs) <laughs> um, and then like follow the signs for sunshine 60, um, which mm. is the exit that kind of gets you closest to, uh, Atom- or Ikebukuro and animate and stuff. And which I knew about from X 1999, cause they blow it up. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> they blow up the um, sunshine 60 building.
2: Oh God. Yeah. No, that's like um. when, uh, Fuma and, and, Kamui have like one of their first big, like weird violent homoerotic conversations. <laughs> <laughs> after <laughs> blow up sunshine 60 oh nice that is an impressive building when she up. was uh, studying abroad was she went around tokyo and like looked for different locations from x1999 oh, and then they blow got... up. so <laughs> nice anyway um <laughs> so it took me a while to kind of get out there and then you, you you sort of walk it's a good distance away from the train station but i'm like i'll just keep heading towards sunshine 60 and I don't remember if the Dojinshi stores weren't really open. I knew that there were some there that I saw. um I think I was there relatively early at like 10 in the morning or something. So things were just, yeah. open. it was pretty quiet. But then I think that was right when the animate had opened. Like it was brand oh, new. Okay. <laughs> and, Cause I don't think she had talked about that. She'd mentioned like Mandarake and some of the other stores there, but she hadn't mentioned animate. And I walk into the animate. That's like right across from sunshine on that corner there. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my god, this is anime mecca. Like, <laughs> I didn't know that such a thing was possible. Like, I literally had tears in my eyes as I was going <laughs> floor to floor. And at that time, I guess there's the new branch that I saw two years ago when I was there. So it was like shonen on one floor, shoujo on another floor, games on another floor, merchandise on another floor, and then like, I don't know, something else on like plastic models on another floor. Um, yeah. So I kind of made a beeline for, like, the shoujo manga slash anime goods section. And then mm-hmm. just dropped a shit ton of money in a really short amount of time.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: so that was my first experience with Otome Road. And then I was there the following year. Actually, the following fall. So six months later was when I studied abroad, beginning of my junior year. And I spent a lot of time going back and forth between, like my blue collar neighborhood where i was living on the far side of tokyo and otome road
1: so it was around in the early 2000s
2: i don't think it was actually called otome road then mm, that makes sense like it was clearly developing itself as a counterpart to akihabara so i didn't yeah. go to Akihabara at all on my first trip i did a little bit when i was studying abroad but i was like this is clearly not for me um <laughs> I, I am not the target audience of this neighborhood yeah um, do you like is, boobs yeah, I definitely felt much more comfortable right from the get-go in uh, Ikebukuro, whether or not it had sort of had its official designation. And so, by the time I was working at Tokyo Pop, which was mid two thousand four, it was definitely starting to develop more of that identity. So, like, I think that's mm-hmm. when stuff like the Butler Cafes started to open, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that I think was like the tipping point in Otome Road really becoming a thing. You so. might be
1: right, because the so for if you guys are familiar with maid cafes, they've been around a while. Um they're basically what they sound like girls dress like maids that treat you like you're the treasured customer or treasured master or whatever they they call you, depending on it. There are a couple of that are actually like, and I, I think we had one in Toronto briefly <laughs> or one of the suburbs, but that you know they're they're kind of a high profile thing in in Japan that have come out. It's just a theme cafe. Um, but the whole point is it's supposed to be sort of like cute girls dressed as maids, you know, and and boys like it in theory. um, it's it's targeted to men, we'll say. so the the counterpart to that aimed sort of more towards women were butler cafes, which was kind of a similar idea, except they were boys. There are a lot of branches of it. So I know there's a certain kind of Butler cafe that is all western guys like they basically i think they collect kind of like europeans
2: who are teaching english in japan
1: at the morgan butler cafes because i've seen photos i'm like these are all blonde guys they look like they're yeah
2: but that's like definitely know? a new phenomena so i feel like yes. swallowtail was like the first really big one and that was yes. definitely that was definitely like one smack of... dab on otome road
1: oh yeah we yes. passed by that and still there time. swallowtail mm-hmm. i think there's actually still two there, of yeah. them when we were passing, and I, th- I was like, I think that's another swallowtail, the one that I wanted to go to. And this was five years ago. I-, I think they still have them, but I liked the drag cafes. So they were girls dressed as boys serving girls.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, that was where I you, think spent you went your to 30th one of those birthday. too, Lillian.
1: I me, I, I might yeah. to my thirtieth birthday with a bunch of girls dressed as Bishonin. Um and it was funny because uh, you know they they were they, first of all they were really cool. They they wanted to practice a little English on us, but also we we talked both in Japanese and English about like our famous voice actors cuz they were like Fujo too like why else oh, yeah. would they be there um and one of them there was like the the leader was there her, her her pen name was like Kazuki or something and Rebecca who's 5'8 was looking up at her like this girl was really tall
2: Wow. and she
1: was like the um the alpha male and she didn't she have like silver hair <laughs> but they would do photo books and, and and stuff they would show us when they did these photo shoots <laughs> it's just great <laughs> it was, so- and i, I one of the reasons I liked those places is the drag cafe. Some of them were actually like girls only, like after a certain hour, men weren't even allowed. Mm. So it was girls dressed as boys for the catering of girls only. And I was like, wow, this is just really interesting.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'd um, agree with you. It's interesting. So I went to one of them as part of like a licensing tour with like the nerd <laughs> ladies from Enterbrain. Um, oh my gosh! So I got, sent- this is probably 2008. And I got sent on a licensing trip with one of our, you know, Japanese licensing people, and the Enterbrain girls were like, "Oh, we know that you're a huge nerd. How about we take <laughs> you to all these random places in Tokyo that are like nerd mecca?" <laughs> um, and I'm like, "I guess so. That sounds fun." And and Noe was super excited about it. She's like, "Oh my god, this is the best thing ever!" And I'm like, "Most of this, I'm kind of over. I've been there, done that. Although I'm having fun hanging out with the cool Enterbrain ladies." I found the Doncho Cafe to be profoundly strange. Like, it made me uncomfortable in a way that I was really unprepared for. Um, And some of it was that, like, it was weirdly performative. And to be fair, this is like, Mm -hmm. you went to it later in its evolution. So maybe they kind of smoothed some of the kinks out. But there was, like, uh, no pun intended. They were kind of like, so we sort of look like guys. We're not really pretending that hard to be guys. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's this very, like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge sort of thing so mm-hmm. which i found really interesting but very odd so like mm-hmm. they make little cocktails for you you know you can order i had like a ice, omelet rice or whatever and then mm-hmm. they you can have they serve a cocktail for you and then they'll sort of they were standing behind your chair to shake your cocktail and they sort of do this pose where they would stick their butt out a little bit <laughs> and like shake your cocktail in a really sort of posed way and i was like this is weird <laughs> <laughs> and then uh they asked if we wanted to take a photo with them and i'm like yeah sure that seems cool and uh so Noe's on one side and i'm on the other and the girl kind of takes my head and sort of touches it a little bit so that i like lean my head on her shoulder um and she's like oh sorry is that okay i didn't you know maybe i shouldn't have touched you and I'm like, <laughs> now we're getting all like sensitive again and it was i was like this is very odd <laughs> Um, and I'm like, I'm glad that this thing exists. This is really fascinating. But like, you know, either go for it all the way and kind of be like, really in it, or I don't know, the the, the kind of superficially performative aspect of it, I found very, very strange. So Yeah, um, they, I would definitely say that. Very, that's, that's 100% like my personal, I don't know, like, Something that snagged me about,
0: that. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, just, I, like, I don't really like being the center of attention in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think that I'd have, in some ways, a really similar reaction to just a standard butler cafe if they're right. coming around and being like, "Oh, Joe-sama, you know, you need to, <laughs> uh, go and take your walk and it's, it's your time for your writing lesson next," and I'd be like, "This is fucking weird." <laughs> 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 <But> <laughs>
1: see that that's partially why I liked the, the drag cafe because, um, well, for, I think you had mentioned at one point, it was weirdly
2: heteronormative for what it was, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which was yeah, kind of a I bit think odd it, it too. I'm like, I expect this to be more queer and it's not,
1: <laughs> it's really not. Yeah. <laughs> but it was more, um, at least when we went, it, I liked because it was performative in a way that first of all, ours wasn't quite as performative as yours. Uh, there was a, like a little bit of performative, but they were very casual about it. And, um uh, it was just kind of like girls doing dress up with other girls. It was kind of like just having a party and some of them showed up in cosplay. <laughs> That's kind of what yeah, it felt like. Yeah. And it, I think if men had been doing that to me and had really been trying to perform it, I think it, I definitely think it would have been weirder. I liked that because it felt like the girls, we all kind of knew the joke, not even the joke, but you know what I mean? Like all, we were yeah, kind of yeah. all in on it. Yeah. And there was no risk of like men touching you and stuff, which I, I personally, I get kind of weird about. I don't like, I don't really care if girls touch me, but um, if yeah. boys do, I'm kind of like,
2: eh, <laughs> like, what are you doing? But I think that's uh, sort of what it yeah. was. Is she's like, oh, gosh, maybe I shouldn't have touched you. And I'm like, but you're a girl. It's fine. You're not really trying that hard. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. If that were yeah. not to make me, un- like, I don't know. You wouldn't anyway, have come. <laughs> yeah. Right. Ironically. Um,
1: well, yeah, I think some people are really specific about touching and, and that's fair. But yeah, it sounds to me like they had a little bit of, you know, I think maybe also because you were a foreigner. Sometimes I think they don't really know mm-hmm. how to react because the, these things are really yeah. specific, you know. Like
2: it's a I was really, a really with st- a group of Japanese people. So like, I think that that was sort of doubly odd for them, and like they were having mm-hmm. a very different experience than I was. So yeah. I think they were kind of I don't know there was something that was getting lost there. But yeah. I certainly I'd be interested to go again sometime. So and it's just I haven't mm-hmm. had an opportunity because I do think yep. you know it was the middle of the day too. So like maybe they were having kind of you know, on a weekday. So maybe I wasn't having like the best of the best of the staff or something. Yeah. <laughs> but who knows?
1: I will um, say that back then as of, you know, as of, ne- and, and until now, a lot of girls who work in Otome road are just doing it in drag cosplay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They, they like, you'll go to a, a you know, a Mandata or something and there'll be like four cash registers. And one of them is dressed like the kid from Q, Like, <laughs> and, um, uh, it's kind of funny because it's even less sort of performative than usual. Although I remember that also in 2012 we were at like an arcade and like one of the women working there was dressed as one of the Utono Prince Sama boys. Mm. And it, it it's, it's funny because it's really not performative at all. <laughs>
0: They're just like,
1: it's mm. cosplay time. And this last time we went to Nakano, uh, rather Nakano Broadway, which is a wonderful place. You should go.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and one of the Mandarakes, there was a, a white girl in cosplay who worked there. And, wow. uh,
0: mm. Yeah, so it was funny Because
1: we were talking to somebody else at a party He's like, did you see the, like I mean, we don't know where she was She was Western of some sort there. He's like, sure. I felt like I didn't want to talk to English to her Because that would be rude <laughs> But he's also like, I was really curious Is she like kind of a jet program person Who ended up staying right. here and now Is in cosplay working at a Mandana
2: <laughs> Right. He's like,
1: I really wanted to know her story But I thought it would be rude I'm like, you know, I kind of felt the same way
2: That's funny uh,
1: yeah, so it's definitely you know I think some of that stuff's becoming more casual, more of a given now that it's getting bigger and bigger. So let's do a quick rundown of like like Lillian said, if you take the if you go on the Ikebukuro like the JR line, the train, you're basically heading for the sunshine exit. So they I can't remember which it was like the north gate or something, but there are a lot of signs within the subway station, or rather within the train station in English that say to sunshine or to sunshine 60 because apparently the sunshine 60 building at one point was like the tallest building in Asia so it's it's a very big landmark and apparently it gets blown up in x1999 I didn't know (laughs) that (laughs) so and nowadays you can really tell if you're getting close to the exit because in the train station all of a sudden you start seeing these gigantic ads for boys love that are Mm -hmm. like not subtle and I always take a picture in front of these because the first time we went there was. I was like, I wonder if this is the way out. And there was, like, a 10-foot by 10-foot ad for Viewfinder. You know, that incredibly hardcore BDSM <laughs> mafia porn. And I was like, uh, I think this is the right place. <laughs> yeah. And this this time when I went, they actually had, as you were getting nearer, they had these giant pillars in the train station. And they had, like, a series of boys' love ad that took up entire pillars. And these, again, were, like, maybe f- 10, 15 feet high. And, like, one of them was... A couple of them were super lovers. There was one for the manga. There was one for the anime. They had a Jinjo romantica one. Um, they had something called Kami-sama Honey or, or something. That's the one I took my picture up in front of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I put it on Twitter because I thought it was a particularly hilarious picture. Of the <laughs> so sorry, this is a slight aside, but we went with um, a couple friends, including Alex O'Shea, who's he does a lot of voice actor stuff. So you guys probably know him. He was Joe in Tokyo Demons and and Travis in, Ar- in Awake. And he was definitely having a little bit of the straight man and Odomay Road experience, but he's, he walked into a Boys Love <laughs> floor and he said, I'm seeing a lot of non consensual hugs on these covers. And I'm like, that is exactly how <laughs> all Boys Love is marketed. There's like two guys in an embrace. One of them looks really like either seductive or happy, and the other one looks like really uncomfortable, and he's trying to get away. That's like 90% of covers. <laughs> so now you'll see them in the subway. <laughs> Like, or rather, the train station. I keep saying subway, but actually most of the trains in Japan are above ground. Um, so, you know, you walk there and, and you'll, you'll know you're kind of heading in the right direction. When you go out there, again, I would look up a map online because there are a lot of them. But you sort of go down this really cool – you kind of go out of the train station. You go left down this really cool um, strip of sort of stores and cafes.
0: And arcades. And then eventually
1: like – it's mostly arcades. arcades. Tons of arcades, Yeah and you you end up kind of going down a little bit and then you go on the off uh, you branch off and that's where you can kind of get the Otome road stuff the uh I would recommend one thing that right when you get out of the sunshine 60 station you're kind of at that first corner uh there is a place called the Milky Way Cafe which I think we've talked about in a former cafe we still go there it's still there so it's been there at least 5 years
2: oh um, it has been there since 2001 I was there on my first trip. Yeah, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, I'm sure that I was there before they were open, because I think I walked down and saw the animate, and was like, I want to go there, but it was closed. So I walked back Mm -hmm. up, and went to the Milky Way Cafe, and had the Gemini-themed parfait, because everything (laughs) is, like, astrologically themed. I sat Mm -hmm. there, and had this amazing, beautiful parfait with, like, star-shaped gummies, and it's this (laughs) Sort of bizarre, kind of semi tacky, but really cute decor, and you're looking out. It's the second floor. You're looking out over the the road as everybody's sort of walking along it. Um, Yeah, it's got an amazing view. Yeah. So I, you know, ate my little snack and then then headed down to (laughs) Anime Heaven. So (laughs)
0: yeah, yeah, highly recommended. Okay, at, at Milky Way Cafe, the thing that I got was basically like an ice cream sundae served in a, a dry ice goblet so it's smoking like it's all it's all very gimmicky stuff like that and it's all about like nine desserts crammed into one so mm,
2: yep.
0: so uh yeah. yeah it's it's uh it's pretty fun but
2: do not get it's the, a great experience
0: do not order a blt because they put ketchup on it instead of tomato so yeah it's just terrible. terrible. Oh, a- that's a, weird as a tick, yeah, and don't. You know? I noticed this last time they asked,
1: do "You want yogurt in like your Sunday? And I'm like, "Yeah, sure, I like yogurt," but they put like non-sweetened yogurt in there. Like, don't forget it; it's not good. Oh, I <laughs> like
0: that. Oh, do I you?
2: I like that sit was... out pretty well. Um, yeah, ketchup on a BLT is weird. I had a good little egg sandwich there, so like some of the the regular food is is pretty decent. But um, you're definitely there for the novelty and the experience, not the cuisine.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's really um, little-
2: like, everything
1: is served in star-shaped goblets and, you know, everybody's wearing stars and there's, it's just, it's really, it's really cute. And all the drinks are like, you know, ever see like the live action Sailor Moon where they're drinking like drinks that are the color of like the rainbow and then everything is really cute. It's like that. It's like, it's like eating in Sailor Moon. <laughs> yep the
0: first time uh, that we went there like girls we took like an array of photographs of us doing a thing where you're next to your friend and you make a heart with your hands and stuff it's that kind yeah. of place like you're gonna want to do
2: that yeah yep.
1: and it's a great place that you kind of fill up on sugar before you go to Oates main road because especially now it is a fucking doozy there's so many places to go to yeah, yeah you
2: really need to kind of like carbo load
1: <laughs> yeah, as uh, we'll go through a couple of the stores there because I think they're they're sort of interesting. A lot of people know it. Say anime the other just is.
2: before we get into that. Um, yeah, the other noteworthy thing about Ikebukuro is that it's the setting for Dora If anybody watched mm-hmm. that anime or or read the manga, and so like particularly that strip, if you're getting to Sunshine sixty, is all over that show. Um, so mm-hmm. like I think Milky Way makes an appearance. There's oh, a does sushi it really? restaurant. I think so I think it's in like the background a couple of times but they talk about it all the time so like Mm -hmm. if you if you've seen that you know they very much tried to recreate a lot of those locations along there um to give that more of its setting so it'll be it'll be very familiar if you've seen that show
1: Mm. there's a light the light novel I think is in English now too Mm-hmm.
2: <clears throat> for dorada,
1: so anime. A lot of people know, and as we mentioned, it's a big anime goods store. They tend to be towering; they're many floors high, and they, like we said, they separate into floors. Um, a couple other big; those places are great. I'm going to talk about the new. You know, I'll, I'll talk about it now. So in Akihabara, which we talked about, was the um, kind of boy mecca. That's more boy focused. They opened up an animate girls station, which is literally a seven-floor animate in the middle of Akihabara. That's just for girls, <laughs> and it, <laughs> it's kind of like they took it out of Otume Road and put it in Akihabara for people who are already there. I feel like I saw more boys in that one. I mean, I've seen boys kind of in yeah, a lot I mean, of these places I'm sure in Otume Road, there but
0: anyway. I mean, you know.
1: yeah, so they went to go check it out because um, there is, you know, uh, it. I will say that stuff for girls. Uh, is not quite as sexually explicit as for boys with the exception of like the boys love floor is always a bit like whoa there we go but um <laughs> most of the other floors it's like well do you like haikyuu because there's like a haikyuu floor guys and so i feel like we walked in on some in akihabara you'd walk on some boy floors and it's like literally boobs and vagina the second you walk in that's not quite as extreme in girl floors so i think some boys kind of um you know i i'm, I'm implying sorry uh, cis straight boys at this point i think some of them walk in and it's not like they feel like assaulted cuz there's like dick everywhere there's right, really just right. not dick everywhere it's just boys boys everywhere mm. and in fact the uh, the anime girl station in akihabara had each floor had their windows done up to represent like one boy from i think it was utano prince sama so it's like these gigantic ads across like all the windows for a different toy you know there's a green one there's a red one and there's a whatever they're like fucking color coordinated now color-coordinated now and that's actually the animate girl station is actually really it's really good but within odes road you of course have an animate and actually there's like two or three now they've split up so the the traditional animate there was one that was kind of near that car i forget it was like a car showroom there used to be an animate down there i think didn't it turn into a oh, cafe yeah. becca that's the uh, one that I think is now the Animate
0: Cafe. Yeah, yes. well, that was the one that yeah. had a bunch of different floors on it. Didn't some of them get yeah. bought by Lash and Bang, and there was, like, a cosplay thing in there and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like
1: they, – they, they've, they've branched out. So there's a couple animates now. Most recently – so, Becca, when we were on this trip, I'm not sure you went with us to the main animate the, – the new main animate. But when we went there, there was this little truck outside, like, you know, the – smaller than a food truck although comparable and it was called uh I think the Tokidoki cafe which means sometimes right am I right Toki Tokidoki yeah, yeah so the the sometimes cafe and every time we went it was like closed and then I went on a Friday night by the way my road is really awesome on a Friday night that's when I started seeing a lot more boys because I could see them they were kind of coming with the girls and there were a mm. lot more people in like school uniforms and stuff they're like it's fucking stuff time it's time for stuff I'm gonna go buy some stuff Um, and the, all of a sudden there was this huge crowd in front of the, the, uh, the animate and we got closer. It looked like the Tokidoki cafe was open and it was basically just a, a drink cart, you know, like again, similar in size to a food truck or whatever. And it had like boys on it. And I was like, why is everybody lining up for this? And I guess they gave out, you know, limited edition goods. This is the big thing in Japan. They always have these <laughs> limited edition goods that people want to collect and they're only kind of available. And if you bought a drink, you would get like a limited edition pin or something. And there were like 10 that you could pick from. So there was a ton of girls lined up for this. We went into the anime. We spent, I don't know, maybe 30, 45 minutes in there. And by the time we came out, it was closed again. So it was like. <laughs> you have to like... Wow. Yeah. So it really so it was is. Like... Toki-doki. Tokidoki. Yeah. And I thought that was really funny. And this is a a theme that you see a lot, especially in um, Tokyo stores where they have these in-person experiences and events that are really cool stuff that makes you want to go show up at a certain time, like something like that, or places where um, they'll do these really crazy in-store displays that to either promote something or celebrate something. Uh, Case in point. So Yuri and I is huge right and when we went there there wasn't a ton of official goods that had come out yet even though they 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 put whatever they could like in front <laughs> like we're, <laughs> we're really sorry we're still waiting for the nendroids and stuff um and there was tons of Dojinshi for uranice and just oh for context God, yeah. that yeah. show ended like three months ago and we're talking like at least 100 Dojinshi were out but those can be done relatively quick compared to uh, official goods and they had Uri ice playing on like every screen, like every store that had a screen Uri ice was playing on it. And, um, they, but they would do these elaborate displays to kind of show off the few Uri ice goods that they had. And when we went, it was Valentine's day, or at least we ran around Valentine's day. And I guess that's Christopher's birthday. You know, the weird, I think oh, it's from Switzerland. Yeah. I, the guy with the all Swiss, the eyelashes guy. and the
0: butt. Yes. The uh, guy with the eyelashes
1: and the and butt. butt. So they would do these huge Christopher displays being like, happy birthday, Christopher. And they'd have like, you know, they would blow up pictures of him and surround it with roses and have all their Christopher goods and these like, you know, this big dis- three dimensional display and they don't let you take pictures. <laughs> so it's partially oh, no. Yeah. So partially what they say is they want you to I mean, I heard this somewhere, but they want you to experience it. They don't want you just there to take pictures. But the other thing is mm. it's supposed to be an incentive to go to the store to see mm-hmm. uh, in the way that there there are some places in the west that have like really great uh, window displays and people go to go see them. In Japan or rather in Tokyo specifically you would see this in a lot of stores especially these theme stores that they wanted you to come and see what the you know the big display was this time and they would be timing based so it was his birthday so they do a big thing for him. The Tokidoki cafe is obviously time based and it's really fun. Um, one uh, experience that I did on on in the Animate in Otome Road... It was like the last day I was going to be there and I wanted to, I I hadn't gone to the boys' love floor very much or I hadn't bought much because there wasn't much boys' love that I was particularly following at the time. So I said, I'm going to that floor and I'm going to let the display sell me on something I've never tried before. Hmm. And I ended up, um, I bought a couple things. One that there were these two boys, one that looked like Makoto and one that looked like Haru from Free. They were not, but they looked just like them. So I'm like sold. Mm (laughs) Um, that was kind of everywhere, and I bought one of those. But they had this amazing display for this series that I'd never heard of before about a boy and his cat. Um, and they had this – now i got to look up the name of it because the Ed manga ended up being amazing. I really liked it, but they were doing a big promotion for it. I think it was a new book. And they had this display where they blew up the pictures, and they kind of put them on foam board or, or laminate them so they can make them kind of three-dimensional. And they blew up the cat. And they had a little fake garbage can that had been knocked over and there was fake garbage spilling out. And they put the cat on top of it, like on the display, (laughs) like the cat knocked over your shit. And it was just so cute. I'm like, I'm going to buy this. And then when I brought it to the registrar, the register, rather, she was asking me something in Japanese that I really couldn't understand. And I was like, yes. like I'm Like, all right, fine. Here's my money. I don't really know what you're asking. But I guess they were doing a giveaway for it as well. So oh. they, they took like a postcard in it and stuff. So they were really promoting this book and I'm so glad they worked. Cause I went home and read it and like, it was really emotional about this orphan kid. The The entire book is told through the eyes of the cat. It's like an orphan boy who picks up a cat, but it's like the, the narrative is the cats.
2: And he doesn't oh, really understand really what this
1: boy is going through, but he's trying to process it as like, are you hungry? Are you sick? You know, like the boy at one point faints and he like, pushes his food bowl to the boys like please don't be dead like the other cats that died with me on the streets and i was just like
0: oh no. <laughs> i know it's a very emotional book so it was great but they have their audience, audience. tell
1: me what the title is yeah I'll, I'll have to look it up but um so i think it was like i don't remember if it was a long title or something but yeah it was emotional anyway I don't know if
0: that was just like right smack in the middle of the bl floor because they know their fucking audience so well yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah, because there's nothing boys love about this book at all, but it was just handsome. Like, boys love and handsome boys kind of go hand in hand over there. They don't discriminate that much. It's funny, but I think that boys love kind of became the short short term for porn. They don't have a lot of straight porn. It's mostly boys love. And that struck me as even more odd when I went there this time, because it's like, if you wanted pornography, you had to go to the boys love floor, and it was all boys love. And we're seeing more, you know, these things are expanding a little bit, so it's not quite true anymore. Like you can get kind of um, straight Otome stuff that's porny. But it's still like the majority of of anything that you can find. And certainly the marketing, it's kind of like, you know, wink, 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 nudge, I need porn. I'm going to go to that floor.
2: I wonder, so I don't disagree with you in the sense of like, who's really being targeted by the Fujoshi market and how that's being mm-hmm. handled. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if like the sort of more like regular girl porn is still available. Cause like that was never really part of the animate experience. Oh, um, you mean
1: like Jose porn or, or Shojo just
2: kind of, so, so my other story from studying abroad is, uh, um, you know, I lived in a, an all girls dormitory, which was like me one other person from the international program. And then a bunch of girls who were completely not affiliated with our college who were like animation students and like cosmetology students and stuff who had no idea what to make of the two of us. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we had like a shared bathroom because it's dormitory, and there was a huge manga magazine left in the bathroom at one point. So I was sitting there and reading it because why not? <laughs> <laughs> it was like really pretty explicit, like, like straight porn. porn, like straight porn. So it was mm-hmm. like you know high school students getting it on with their boyfriends and stuff. Ah, um, uh, okay. But like very explicit. Um, yeah, and clearly targeted at girls. It's not like this was you know creepy salaryman material. It was like for girls by girls, you know, it's the stuff yeah. that, uh, uh, um, Shinjo. uh yeah. And, and what's her face went off to do after doing hands off. Um,
1: oh, Kasana Katsumoto. No, <laughs> Kasana <laughs> <Kasimodo>. <laughs> um, I
2: loved
1: hands off. And then she did mediocre Jose porn for years yeah, after.
2: <laughs> no, exactly. It was, it was just <laughs> like that. Um, so i wonder if and like this the place where you buy stuff like that is still the convenience store so like yeah as as a a fujoshi going to japan for the first time you think oh my god anime and manga is going to be everywhere and like it's kind of not or like not the way that you expect it to be so Mm -hmm. like you go into the convenience store and there's a line of manga there but it tends to be much more mainstream and a lot of the time it's like male targeted so it's like Whatever police box Katsushika Ku, and then a million <laughs> volumes of like Detective Conan and you know, Gogol 19 or whatever. Like, that's the stuff that you find in the wild. Um, right.
0: I, I bought my dad a uh, golf manga magazine as just like a you know, a random yeah. souvenir when I was there. So it's like kind of poorly drawn stories about golf, but like 10 of them <laughs> in a magazine, and then like some interviews right. with some like you know, golfers. Mm.
2: Right. So like that's the stuff that you find at train stations and in the convenience stores. And I bet that that's where you'd find like mainstream straight girl porn is. That's
0: a really that, good point.
2: Rather than the Fujoshi slash otaku uh, headquarters.
1: Yeah. And I, I think I would agree with that because like, um, you know, I the when I was reading a lot of Shoujo Smut, like when I first discovered it, I was like, what the hell? This was when I was 20, so that would have been 15 years ago. Um yeah. and that was when I was actually watching the downfall of Shokami, the magazine. <laughs> mm. <laughs> when it was I used to go buy it once every like year or something, and because there was like a Japanese bookstore in Boston which I could drive down to. And mm-hmm. it went from being, you know, kind of racy about girls and their boyfriends to like basically softcore pornography. And apparently the, the Japanese, like some major Japanese PTA organization. Um, called it the most dangerous magazine for young girls in Japan
0: or something because it turned into
1: (laughs) basically porn, you know, going from like, oh, let's, you know, I I kiss my boyfriend and then like a year later, it'd be like, my boyfriend bites me when we kiss. And then it was just like, I think there were like three separate hand jobs in one issue I bought, like in three different series. And I'm like, whoa, like, this (laughs) is like a lot, guys. A lot of hand jobs. Um, And and it's true that Shokami, you could get a little bit, You could get Shokami a little bit easier. Um, I mean, maybe not when the PTA put out that notice. Right. um, So I think that's true. It is a little bit funny, though, because going to all these otaku floors for boys and it's just like boobs, 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 boobs and occasionally vagina. Right. And then you go to kind of like be shown in headquarters and they're like wearing three piece suits. It wasn't really until you went into... Fandom stores. So this is where we're going to go into like K books and Mandarake, which have like a lot of mm-hmm. doujinshi. There are also a lot of doujinshi goods that people make. They'll make Dakimakara the p- body pillow case. They'll make cups and mugs and buttons and stuff. And that's when you start seeing the sexually explicit stuff in in otome o- mm-hmm. otaku areas, like Fujoshi stuff. And that's where they'll they'll simply objectify a boy. So it's not even necessarily a girl having sex with a boy. But I don't know if you guys have seen um, like those boob mouse pads. Where mm-hmm. it's like, the, it's like in, it's a girl, the mouse pad is a girl, and there's like where you'd rest your hand is like a boob, pair of boobs. You can find those doujinshi ones of like boys in their butts or boys in their nutsacks. <laughs> you know, I saw one of Krom from Fire Emblem <laughs> Awakening. <laughs> I don't remember where I saw that. That might not have been in Tokyo, but, um, and that's where all, and those were all doujin goods. So like they weren't making official stuff like that. No, I don't think um, Fire and-
0: Emblem is officially making t- <laughs> But mouse. Well, no, that one was clearly.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I did see some official one piece ones with the boobs because I, f- I found a Nami one in like a regular store. And I was like, <laughs> or maybe I think it might have been an, an anime, but like it was definitely not a doujin floor because anime is and you're all, like, well, that makes stuff. sense. Yeah. But the and, and so now we're going to move into the d- doujin stores. So whether or not you like doujinshi, there are also these goods that you can get. So even if you're like, I don't understand Japanese, and these books are really hard to read, and they are, a lot of them are written in handwriting, so even if you kind of know Japanese, oh, yeah. you're like, I can't even read. Like, Fumiyoshi Naga's are really hard to read, besides all the yeah. kanji, just because of her, her handwriting.
2: Her handwriting. Um,
1: yeah, but if you go in there, you'll find all kinds of really neat uh, goods like that. So that's like K-Books, is like a chain, and Mandara-K, they both are like heavily doujinshi-focused, although they'll also do goods. And now that there are so many K-books in Mandarake, they're specialized. If you go to, this is a little bit separate, but if you go to Nakano Broadway, which is another really great otaku-y place to go, they have so many Mandarakes. They're catering to different kinds of otaku. So they have, like, the train one, the military goods one, the the doll one. We saw the one that was full of, like, ball joint dolls and stuff. Um, they So it's not just, like, anime and manga. Keybooks is a lot of fun. A lot of the time in a doujinshi floor, they'll have two floors, one where the stuff that's new, one where the stuff is used so you can get it cheaper. Obviously, some stuff that's new you can only get, you know, in the new section. Um, but they, there's a really big used book and used item business in Japan. So like Book Off, which some of you might be familiar with, is like a really big chain of used books. So you'd be surprised how new and in good shape the used stuff will be. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, people buy and they'll return it probably like the next day. And then some, sometimes you can get a good deal if you go up to the used floor. Make sure money go a little further. Although doujinshi are really not very expensive. I mean, like, an expensive doujinshi is, like, eight or 900 yen. So that's, like, 8 or 9 bucks.
2: And a yeah, lot of them, the a used ones are, few like exceptions being if it's, like, a really premium creator. So I forget exactly how K-Books is organized the last time I was there, but Mandarake tends to be, at least, like, the Fujoshi ones, it'll be alternately organized by series. So if you want to look right. at, like, uh, you know the big wind-up stuff. You'd go to one specific section, and it would have all of them there. Um, right. But it also is a separate section that's organized by authors. Like if you want Fumi Yoshinaga, there's a section for her. And so if you're depending on the, I mean, it's it's priced based on market demand. So like you know five six years ago, Fumi Yoshinaga stuff was definitely some of the most expensive stuff you could buy that was still available. Or uh, Koga Yoon, her doujinshi always tended to be a little on the pricey side. But then, yeah, if you just go to the random, you know, fandom section, you can pick stuff for like two, three, four dollars. So mm-hmm. um, from and- whoever, and it's you know, depending on the quality, it can be can be really enjoyable. So the fun thing yeah. about that is like you literally are judging a book by its cover. Like you can't read anything inside; these are all essentially shrink wrapped. So well, they started having uh,
0: previews. Like this was not something that was there five years ago, but. This time when we went there, at least for, like, the Yuri Ice section, because it was such a huge, big display mm. and everything, they started doing printed out, it'll be, like, two pages printed out, um, uh, attached to, like, a display copy, so you can at least get a look at what the inside art is like, and mm-hmm. also kind of an idea of how filthy it is. Uh, yeah. I think I think
1: they important. had a little summary on there too in Japanese, like just you know a couple
2: lines.
0: Yeah, they they had they had yeah, the ratings. Stuff that they on I think they highlight it, kind so. of pull
2: out as part of a display. They'll do that, but yeah, if you're if you're looking at like 500 dojinshi in a row, like they don't necessarily give you too much indication of what's going on inside. So, oh yeah, hmm. yeah.
0: No, I mean yeah. I. Yeah. it's
2: prompts you to like, if you find a circle that you like, to like remember them and try and write right. them down, because. You know they'll they'll usually be pretty consistent across what they're doing. Oh yeah, clap so. your hands!
0: I found their uh, anthologies when Crap I was there this hands.
2: time. I love Crap your hands. They're God, just, they make so, so many good. books
1: for uh, those. That's for um, big wind up fans and
2: Naruto, right? Then they do a bunch of Naruto. I I wouldn't be surprised. That would make sense. Yeah, they've done like eighty up. books. You know that Right stuff came out with season two of that, right? I
1: was not aware that it was out. Thank you for informing it was me. It out? <laughs>
2: it is very much worth purchasing
1: (laughs) i have seen it
2: at the end
1: (laughs) yeah no no i've seen it i don't own it i think i might need to own it because big windup is the greatest thing ever
0: yeah Yeah. Leanne, i think i think we need to do a big windup party
1: yeah world's greatest first love came out on dvd in english too i also need that sparkler is kind of based on that show minus all the sexual assault (laughs) right within the (laughs) don't grope the new guy that we have a strict policy
2: yeah, so what I remember from K books, I mean, this is true with animate or uh, with uh, Mandarake as well. Um, particularly if there's authors that you like, it's worth looking in some of like the big glass cases that they have because that's where yes they'll highlight special authors or like stuff that's super popular because they don't want people to just walk off with it. Um, and mm-hmm. I found some really cool stuff that way. Um, yeah. if you're willing to pay for it so
1: oh shoot that reminds me lillian behind the glass case in i think it was a mandata k in otome road they had some of the original saiyuki so you know how like wow Sayuki started as a doujinshi yep and they were
2: like 50
0: bucks and i was like shit i am so tempted to buy these
2: <laughs> yeah that wouldn't be worth it because <laughs> like yeah the i know that very good so weird yeah <laughs> I'm I don't know just that story just kind of ever like, made me sense, but at least she kind of like hit her stride, you know, volume five or six or something.
1: Yes. But, yes. Lillian and I worked on that book for that series rather for Tokyo Pop back in the day. Yeah. So we have a fondness for it, even though if it's even though it's a seriously flawed comic. Yeah. But um, I'm pretty you're sure right that, that one, of the, so
2: one of the other fun. things that they do at like the big stores like Animate is they do author signings. So. I'm pretty sure I tried to go to a Minakuda signing during one of our licensing trips and like, you know, the line was full up and around the door and stuff like you need to get tickets in advance and whatnot. So I didn't even have a chance, but I tried. So.
1: So doujin, uh, like Lillian said, they tend to be organized by series. On the really big series, they start breaking it down. So let's take, for example, One Piece. There's like a trillion One Piece doujinshi, right? Then they start breaking it down by pairing. And they're like, this is Zoro and Sanji. This is Ace and Luffy. <laughs> There's a lot of that. Um, <laughs> you know, etc. And then they'll have sections that'll just be like Ace as an Uke. It's like the section, and oh, it's like yeah, all these different people true. giving it to Ace. Which I, the first time I went to Tokyo, I was I was really tickled with that. I thought that was very funny. It was like who is the primary character getting reamed in this? <laughs> and that's like a marketing point. And these these you know these stores are really for pretty hardcore geeks. But my favorite chain, uh, especially their branch on Otemae Road, personally is Lash and Bang. Which is actually written in English, so it shouldn't be too hard to find. It tends to be sort of a big blue sign. Are you familiar with Lash and Bang, Lillian? I know absolutely
2: nothing about Lash and Bang.
1: Oh, okay. I also really like Stellaworth, but I'll go that,
2: into that in a minute. But
1: Lash and Bang is a... Um, at least they, they have a couple of them in Otome Road, but they have a... Uh, there's a, like a major one that's like on the main Otome Road section. So it's, I can't remember what it's between, but it's between like a couple K-books. It's basically they'll sell... Extra goods and limited edition stuff and used things in this big uh-huh. hodgepodge. It's almost like a. I'm trying to think of what to compare it to. It's almost like a flea market of incredibly bizarre stuff, um, and most of it is used, but some of it is actually very expensive because they were limited edition stuff. So in the sense that you go there and it's like the one in Otemae Road. It's like oh, here's this you know random keychains and random give you know random goods that came out at different periods of time for different shows. And there's a little bit of doujin stuff there, although not much. But you'll also, like, get, like, a discount bin of, like, art books. So you'll be uh-huh. going through and it's like, here's a $2 Jinjo Romantica art book. Or they'll have, um, they, they have a ton of Situation CDs. So I go fucking nuts. They had, like, you know how, like, uh a store like a bookstore that's got used books they'll have like buckets outside that you can kind of paw through they'll have that for like otome games (laughs) so (laughs) it's like it was the first time i went there i thought i was in a fever dream and the other thing is they'll sell (laughs) like they'll take out these weird tokuten is this real life (laughs) yeah kind of because they'll do stuff like hey if you liked that otome game from three years ago and one of them came with a limited edition drama cd with a booklet like, here's the CD, but not the booklet. The CD is, like, in a, you know, an empty case, and we just kind of labeled it, it's $6. You know, stuff that you really couldn't get anywhere else that they right. they, they pull out. And most of the stuff there is very reasonably priced. I mean, some of the limited edition goods get a little bit higher, but you just never know what you're going to find in Lash and Bang. Mm-hmm. And it was, in the Otome Rodo, it was all, you know, female gays, gaze, G-A-Z-E. So I would find, and I'm really into obscure old things, generally, <laughs> or, like, just weird shit. I like things that most people are like why <laughs> um so going in there and i was like is this the kishuku megane limited edition calendar from like 2000 you know <laughs> 11 <Like, laughs> this is amazing and you're like i'll pay 200 yen for that <laughs> yeah pretty much um especially in this this year so i made a friend on my road this year i was in i think it was lash and bang and i ended up in the situation um the situation cd section which i know i've talked about in the past where it's it's basically you buy a cd about a handsome boy talking to you and he'll take you on a date or whatever blah blah blah
2: we've made Hmm? two of them for sparkler so far we have made (laughs) two for sparkler
1: bad chemistry and the Mickey date cd and we have two more coming out this year but i like the porn ones because i'm a pervert so then they have a bunch of like 18 plus ones and this kind of became a much bigger market share in the last couple years there used to be like a handful of them and they weren't dirty and then you know, they would be for like mainstreamy stuff like Starry Sky and now you can buy a bazillion dirty ones. And I was in the the section of Lash and Bang that had them used. And there was stuff that like series that I've been following, that there was like a new one I didn't know or something that was so out of print. And I was getting really excited. I was like, Rebecca, look, oh, my God, they have this thing. And Becca's like, I don't know what the fuck that is. And I'm like, it has a Tokuten CD. And I'd slap her with it. Like, she's like, I don't even know what that word means. Uh, You know, I'm like, but you can only get this in anime. Yeah, seriously. But I was in there, like, freaking out. And this girl comes by, um, you know, Japanese. And she, she started speaking to me in, like, perfect English. She's like, I'm really sorry to disturb you um you know i was a a student in in america for a while so i I know some english but can i ask how you even know what these are i've never met anyone outside of japan who even knew what 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 these were let alone freaking out (laughs) back (laughs) corner like even in japan i think there's a little obscure we ended up exchanging email addresses because i was trying to explain to her i'm like oh what's your favorite one (laughs) please guide me because she followed a lot of them too and, of course, when we were talking about which which actors we liked, I was using all their real names. And she's like, use their pen names. You're being really rude, saying that really loud. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was very, she was really cool. Uh, and I bought, I bought so many CDs, Lillian. Oh you open up my, my suitcase yeah. and I came back and they just spilled out. Yeah, and then she
0: came home got, with an excessive number of CDs. Oh, my God. And then uh,
1: one of our friends who was with us, she learned kind of what I wanted so she'd go when I didn't inside Lash and Bang she'd be in the buckets outside and she'd pull like four really cheap CDs that just had boys with like things hanging out of their mouths so there was one that yeah. was just like a boy with a strawberry hanging out of his mouth and, and it's just a picture on a CD and she's like is this what you want and I just like put it in my basket I'm like yes correct <laughs> please find me more of these so uh, anyway Lash and Bang is great and it's got and, and the other thing is like I said the Tokuten CD so that's when you can get extra items A lot of the time, there'll be an extra item if you buy it at a particular store. And when I was in Tokyo this last time, I really wanted to get Tokuten because they're hard to get and it's fun and it's timely, right? So these, again, limited edition goods. So when I went to anime, there was an issue of Emerald, which is a real magazine. I thought World's Greatest First Love was just making it up, but it is. I think it's kind of a, I don't think it has necessarily original content. I think it might be reprints. Or at least the issue that I got basically printed like three chapters of Super Lovers, three chapters of World's Greatest First Love, three chapters huh. of Junjo. Yeah, they had Jun- a bunch of chapters, of, like complete sections of Junjo and World's Greatest First Love, and it was kind of a neat issue. I think it was like a sampler. But there was a Toku Ten if you bought it at an Animate, that it came with a, a keychain of the two main editors from World's Greatest First Love. World's Greatest First Love is about right making a shoujo magazine, guys. That's why Sparkler was kind of... <laughs> inspired by it. It's about the so, editors so and how miserable. with it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh my god, I can have the editors hanging from my bag. And you I don't think you could buy this keychain separately. You had to buy a copy of Emerald at Animate in this particular time period to get this keychain. I was like, done. And so a lot of these CDs will have a Tokuten if you buy it from Animate at a certain time. And Lash and Bang would, they happened to have one that had the Animate Tokuten stuck to it. The other uh, big chain for some of this stuff, is called Stellaworth, which I'll explain briefly, because this one I was not there, the la- I don't think, anyway, the last time I was there. But I did go this time. And Stellaworth is... I think they're specifically trying to corner the Otome and Boys Love game market. Because okay. we went there, and it was very heavily game-focused. It was really interestingly organized, similar to Animate, although Animate tends to be seven floors. Stella for- Stellaworth was just one or two floors, and this is the one in Otome Road, so it's probably one of if not the biggest ones because I think Stella worth is specifically female targeted um it was really pretty everything was pink and sparkly and they would sort of separate it by games and CDs they had a little bit of manga although like not a ton and then character goods and it was primarily Osman and boys love games I did buy at least one dojinshi there but it was like they had like kind of a special dojin it was from an old boys love game called kichikumegane again which i like but that game is like old i don't know why they were doing a display for it but i was like sure and that's where you could find like uh, leah who works for sparkler and edits these podcasts she's actually been on a few she really likes a particular character from code realize and she also likes a particular character from hakuoki but hakuoki is huge over there that otome game franchise like they were hakuoki pens in a uh, souvenir shop in the airport like, that's how big <laughs> wow. Hakuoki is. Yeah, I was kind of shocked at how, like, it, mainstream it is. I mean, there's about the Shinsengumi, which gets everybody's engine running in Japan, but uh, especially young girls. It's, like, the romanticized, like, the final samurai who died tragic deaths, a lot of them. I think those guys would be rolling in their graves think <laughs> they, Probably. they making Otome games about them. But So finding stuff for that guy was really easy. But she also liked a particular guy in Code Realize, which is only an Otome game. I'm not even sure There's, there might be a manga spinoff, but whatever. But we found some really good stuff at Stella Worth there because they were like really kind of specializing in that. So a lot of the situation CDs that I like, they'll have an animate tokuten and then they'll, which is a disc, and then they'll have a Stella Worth tokuten, which is a different disc. And each disc comes with between one and four bonus tracks. It's usually like an extra sex scene or something. It's like oh, you go to the park and then I don't know, you come home and bang. It's usually <laughs> more like. This one is in the shower. I don't know. It, it really depends, but there's usually some gimmick to it as a short story. Um, so Stellarworth was also really fun. And also Stellarworth had really cool like 11 by 17 prints that were ads. You just take them. They're like flyers for upcoming games. I grabbed the or, or drama CDs. They seem to have kind of the AV there is mixed. So a lot of the floors on animate and the same thing with Stellarworth, a place that has games often has CDs as well. And or DVDs, they'll kind of separate it from print matter. So I saw mm-hmm. a lot of this overlap, and they actually, I think, in some places they called it the AV floor, where it's like, do you want interactive media? And that's mm-hmm. where I would go and find my CDs in the back, and then buy like eight more, There's so <laughs> many. <laughs> and <Anyway, laughs> it was great. So uh, Mandara kei which is mostly dojinshi, K books, which is also largely dojinshi. Although, if I, there were some goods, you'll also find cosplay stores. Some of these will have like the cosplay version of, you know, there'll be eight Lash and Bangs and one of them is the cosplay one
0: Yeah, well, I mean, the thing about Otomei Road is that you can kind of just wander around and Mm -hmm. see something marked either K-Books Mandarake uh, you know, Stella Worth, all these different you know, Lash and Bang, and you just go in and it's something, and usually it is kind of like because there are so many stores, they will be kind of themed, so if you're kind of, Mm -hmm. you know if you're in the CD one and you're not interested in CDs, you just go to the next one Mm Mm-hmm and it mm-hmm. takes, like, days to get through everything.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you really have to kind of pace yourself. So, yeah. so like, that oh, first trip that I made where I had tears in my eyes, I was looking for the Montarake but couldn't find it, so I just spent all of my time <laughs> in anime. Mm. And then when <laughs> I was, like, abroad, abroad, I, I sort time. of, like, hit up, like, one place t- or, or two, you know, I'd, when I'd go there. And uh, this last trip that I was on, so, like, a year and a half ago, two years ago... I was specifically looking for. I wasn't really in a specific fandom at the time, so I wasn't like I, I'd watched Haikyuu and I'd liked it. Um, there are a couple things that I was into, but I wasn't. There wasn't anything I was really actively seeking out, like I would be now if I were if I were there looking for Yuri on Ice. <laughs> um, I got some. But I was trying to pick oh up the last few volumes of Silver Diamond, um, oh, yeah. which are essentially impossible to find in the United States, um, hmm. even when you live in Los Angeles. But it was like the thing about those big stores is that you know they are always focused on sort of the latest and greatest with less of a backlog uh, or back catalog of of the greatest hits. And so right um, something like Silver Diamond, which even in Japan is like somewhat obscure, was just impossible. I think I found like one volume that I already had. it was it was essentially impossible to find. So it had all, mm. all been replaced by like Haikyuu and Yoamushi Pedal and, mm. and whatever. Oh yeah. So, no, that was
0: that was another yeah. thing. One of the one of the animates did have like just literally like like you know, sports anime but then aimed at girls. Or did you already talk about that, Lan? I can't remember. A little but, bit. Like yeah, just you'd go in there and it'd be like shown posters everywhere, but Another thing that's really big right now is idols and both idol groups made up of like fifteen boys and idol groups made up of fifteen girls. And these are like anime girls. So not like I mean they're obviously based on like the whole oh uh, what's that yeah. one that's like letters and numbers, A.K.
1: Morning Musume. Oh, AK48.
0: Akiba eight, AK AK 8 for whatever. Whatever, those guys. AK8. <laughs> um but you know Morning So, Musume. <laughs> so <laughs> you'll go somewhere and uh there's all there are all these things like th- there'll be like four shows, each with twenty boys. <laughs> who all look basically the same and they'll have character goods for each of them. And you're supposed to like, you know, like the one of whichever archetype, but then they'll treat the sports shown in the same way. Almost. Yeah. Where, like it, it, like the displays are almost identical because I mean, you know, all of these like, yomushi Mushi pedal and stuff. It's like, Oh, you've got like the bicycle team from every single school, or you've got the, uh, mm-hmm. the volleyball team from every single school from q And it's like, you know, they're kind of starting to do the shipping for you a little bit, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's 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 really kind of interesting. it's more, yeah, it's more character
1: based because right now, um, I think it's called an Ita bag is in. So these are like backpacks or like uh, sort of tote bag designed stuff that have a layer of clear plastic over the out. So it's it's kind of like a two layer backpack on the outside or a bag. And there's a layer of plastic and then there's kind of a place where it almost looks like you would slide in a photo or a picture or something. Um, it's kind of hard to describe, but if you saw it, you would totally know what I'm talking about. So this clear section where you could slide in, in theory, a photo is actually designed for you to stuff with character goods representing your love for one character. So it's amazing. Be like, yeah. And these, oh, I saw them even at BishonenCon. Like people in the West are doing this. So. They'll be like, oh, I'm really into, um, what's a Haikyuu boys? Hinata? Is that somebody's name? Is it the sure. main kid in Haikyuu? Yeah, yeah, I've watched Haikyuu. So. I don't remember their names. The redhead. So if you're really into Hinata, who is actually less popular than you would think, um, you would have one of these bags and like pinned to the inside of your bag through this clear plastic sheet so everyone could see It would be like 20 pins of him and then like two keychains and... Um, you know, little doodads and they started making these like really big keychains. Like we went there, we looked at these keychains that were like four inches by four inches, maybe, maybe even six inches by six inches. Mm. I'm like, who the hell would have a keychain this big? And I think they're made for the bags because you can uh-huh. see them from farther away. And also I've seen cases where if people wanted to be like really serious about this and there wasn't a lot of character goods for this person, they would buy like 25 of the same button and just fill the bag with it. <laughs> like, that's and, fascinating. Yeah, so it's almost become like character worship. So, as Becca uh-huh. said, sometimes the shipping is sort of made for you, but it's almost like claim your boy is yeah, kind of phrase. A- right, yeah, that's, right. it's
0: true. It's almost less about shipping in those kinds of situations as it is like pick which one you're obsessed with. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's twenty, pick one.
1: And because because these bags are are big, and we saw them being sold in like you know regular stores, and they would have a display one full of character goods from you know. From one's character, just to show you this is how you're supposed to do it. You know, like they were like advertising, like do your, I think it's called Itabeg, bag. And it was so funny. So you, and it's like wear your badge of pride of these 10,000 character item goods to say that you want to have sex with that guy with green hair from Yowa Peta if you really want right. to. <laughs>
2: right, right.
1: Um, I think that's kind of charming, but it's also, it's funny how these fandom trends kind of happen, because especially in the West, we, we do have a little bit more focus on shipping culture, where you'll mm-hmm. have, you know, if you have a button or whatever, it's like two of these boys that you like that some artist drew you of them kissing, something like that. Although, you know, this is spreading over here, too. So I, it's performative. So I think that it has a similar idea to kind of cosplay that it's like accessory mm-hmm. based, um, you know, you can wear it, it kind of it shows your identity partially in something that mm-hmm. you wear. So, but yeah, that was kind of the big thing. So character goods have always been a big thing, but now I almost feel like it's it's gotten even more out of hand. Um, gashapon machines, which are those little, you put in, you know, a dollar or two, you turn the turn the lever and like a ball rolls out, like a, an egg and inside is like an item. People know those over here because you do them when you're a kid and it's like, oh, I want a gumball or something, or I want mm-hmm. like a little toy that comes in an egg. So gashapon are like a serious business in Japan and the ota, uh, the otaku ones get really interesting so there was in otome road i was looking like what's the most obscure gashapon machine that i can find they had one for lucky dog which is a video game uh, like an otome game rather boys love game franchise that was kind of done by an indie publisher that had i think i found two gashapons for and i was like this is kind of impressive but there's a uh, a cd series called i think danshi Kokose hajimete no that's just exists in drama cd form as far as i know but it's like wildly popular because they're unbelievably filthy and like well done you know (laughs) um but just they're like and i listen to you know some questionable cds even these ones i was like whoa boys, settled them. anyway there was a gashapon for that where you could get like i think it was just pins like buttons from that you know nothing super elaborate but i was just like this is a drama cd gashapon so, like, you'll find a lot of a lot of gashapon. My personal favorite, and this wasn't there when we were there, but I read about it. There was a gashapon series that was only giant monsters apologizing at Japanese press conferences. So it was a series of keychains of like Godzilla over over a table at a press conference bowing, or like Mothra bowing, like we're sorry for all the pu- the public property destruction that we did. That was a series of keychains in gashapon. So I'm not, I'm serious when I say that they really, they kind of specialize this stuff and they're fun. We did there's like, that we got actually, there was a really good Neko Atsume one. I don't know if you guys know that
0: oh, phone cute. app
1: about phones. Yeah. There's a, yeah. a good Neko Atsume and also where it's like, Hey, I want keychains that are only foods shaped like bears. That's one I did once. So yep. it'd be like, this is a bear shaped donut. This is a bear shaped, you know, honey toast or whatever.
2: Yeah, yeah, they definitely have, like, the Fujoshi-targeted <laughs> ones on Otome Road. The place to go to get, like, the really specific and odd capsule toys is uh, um, Ameyokocho, which is right near Ueno Station. It's this little shopping arcade, and there's, like, there's a Tokyo Hands there. And then there's some store that's, like, right next to the Tokyo Hands, I think, that has, like, a million really random Gashapon machines. I'm trying to remember, nice. if, like, what was there. I mean, it's it's the stuff, like, Godzilla bowing. Um, yeah. <laughs> They're the really sort of... <laughs> clever and cheeky, but extremely well-made. I mean, it's these little plastic figures that are, like, just beautiful and kind of intricate. Yeah, I really like Gosh Upon Machines. So it's a good way, particularly <laughs> if you, like, you don't necessarily want a 12-inch tall anime figure, but you want a 3-inch mm. tall anime <laughs> figure. There's a yep. lot of stuff like that. That's a good way to kind of represent your pride without letting it dominate too much. Um, I, uh, I have found to say, it. so the last time I was at Anime... You know, again, because I was very targeted, I was like, I just want Silver Diamond. Um, <laughs> not looking at all this other stuff. I felt so old. <laughs> it was really crowded, too. And I was like, oh, my God, there's all these teenage girls here. And I'm literally twice their age. And, like, mm-hmm. they're all freaking out about whatever. And I just want my weird time skipping old style sh- shoujo fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel. That I know way what you mean about feeling and, old. And Mandarake—it's something specifically about anime that I think is like, because it's younger and it's cuter. It's a little more like teen-friendly mm. until you get to like the porn floor. Yeah. Whereas like you know, Mandarake is always like on in the basement and it's kind of like dimly lit. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's like you and a bunch of other sort of unwashed Fujoshi. <laughs> yeah,
1: they're like they're, they're all, about serious business my, there. My place my people. The Dojin stores see girls that are just. St- next to a section of the the bookshelf with a cart and they're just kind of like quickly shifting through things and they're just like yes 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 they're in the bucket like yep. th- mm-hmm. they they come there with the rolly suitcases cuz they're like I yep. have to go buy 100 dozen today like that's that's my goal yep. so <laughs> like the the serious collectors which is funny cuz we don't see them in the west that much um the ones that are kind of the equivalent of the the boys who are like I need to collect every one of these things but because there's such a a culture of these limited edition goods and and stuff in Japan, I think it fosters a little bit more of that collector mentality, at least for women, yeah. than than they do here. Because there's tons of collector stuff aimed for men, in the West, but not much for right. for women. And Japan, I feel like they've started to extend that as you know the Tokidoki cafe and stuff. But I I will say when we were talking about gashapon, I found a working gashapon gashapon for Kodocha. Do you remember Kodocha? from the 90s oh my god yeah yeah and it it still had a couple balls in it and i was like shit i first of all i took a photo because this was in this last trip that show stopped airing in like 1999 and i had to take a picture to prove that it was real and i put money in and i got hayama like a hayama keychain i'm like this is great i'm really happy (laughs) and then i went into the store that because this was i think in nakano broadway and i think it was a specific anime store that was focused on stuff from the 90s 'Cause like all wow. of a sudden there's like Slayer's stuff and I was like, Whoa, this is really neat. <laughs> that made me wow. feel a bit old, but also catered to. So, so Rebecca, what, thing what about do you have Japan to add?
2: is like they are more than happy to target a an extremely specific sensibility, whatever mm-hmm. it is. So
0: <laughs> Oh yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. And sell you hunks of plastic. That's, oh yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, they were selling those weird, like another thing with all the like idol and sports stuff where you just get like fifteen guys. They were selling mm. these, like, really weird little, they were almost like hacky sacks. And oh, of the heads. Of the heads yeah. of these characters. And, I mean, honestly, these were some of the worst things I'd seen because you could barely tell what character was which. You know, they just try to, like, it was a little bit like those, uh, you know, those uh, those pop figures that are, like, you know, they all have yeah. the same face. Only
2: The Funkos.
0: Yeah, like, those sort yeah. of things. But, like, it was a hacky sack, so it had even less distinctive uh things on them so even if you sort of knew the show it was like who the hell is that one it's got like orange hair and is smiling so i guess it's not the one who would probably be frowning i don't know it's like yeah it's pretty weird they had a
1: couple lines like that where it'd be a a limited character good where it was basically a chibi and it was almost indistinguishable from the next chibi except the hair and the clothes and they would do it from like every series and you'd i I thought those were really uninteresting because yeah it's like you can barely tell what character this is why would you get that even if it's kind of cute? So
2: it's the lowest common denominator of cuteness.
0: Yeah. So whereas
2: yeah, what basically. I think is interesting, is like how detailed and specific you can make your cute in Japan.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I agree.
1: We, so we had a little, sorry, really quickly in lash and bang, when I was on my road, I ended up going on one that was a boob floor that like, I mean, well for, for Well, plenty of girls like but also it looked like it was a male-targeted one in Otome Road, the same way that they had the anime girl station in Akihabara. It was like, he was like a male-targeted section in Ikebukuro for, like, everybody's boyfriend who comes with them. (laughs) 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 And it's like, do I have to, because I saw definitely boyfriends being dragged around on that Friday night. But yeah, no, I agree that they're really good at kind of targeting very specific um, demographics and doing really interesting things with these, like, weird, kitschy stuff that you don't need. Because we were shopping also for Pachi, who works for Sparkler, she likes um, Love Live. So she had a couple particular girls. This is a big um, idol show full of cute girls, uh, another anime slash game and stuff. And uh, so she had a couple particular girls she wanted us us to buy goods for. So we ended up in some of these more boy-focused sections. And especially because Love Live is huge and um, marketed to men, they had even more variety and kind of the weird little goods that you could buy. We ended up buying the equivalent of a tiny three-dimensional keychain, you know, made out of plastic, except it was specifically made to cling to your your headphones cord. So it looked like mm. the girl was scaling your headphone cord, and you would just kind of clip it on there. And they were really cute. Like, so <laughs> instead of just having a keychain hanging off your bag or whatever, you could have her hanging off your earbuds and just being like, "Wee!" <laughs> <laughs> so... I thought that was kind of fun. I was tempted to buy one even though I don't know anything about those little girls other than I guess they sing.
0: <laughs> <And there's, laughs> no, they sing in like like really game. They have a rhythm game. Yeah. I downloaded it. It was uh, I don't know, I didn't play that far, but I guess you can get really into it.
1: Yeah, I like rhythm game. Utano Prince Sama was also a rhythm game. That had a pretty big anime franchise, though, too. It's I mean, same thing with Love Live. Like these have become pretty big mm-hmm. uh, beyond just the game. And it's interesting because Otome games used to be pretty small, and a lot of them still are, but seeing the success of something like Uta, Uta no Prince Sama and Hakuoki, which are both, like, huge franchises now, it's just, it's kind of mind-blowing watching this market expand, because it really, there wasn't much there, guys, 10, 15 years ago. Like, you could get Shoujo, and you could get Boy's Love, and you could get say, but not this kind of stuff. Not idols series with like eighteen boys in them and they would sell you all this <laughs> these items for it. Not eight floor stores that was just exclusively the different kinds of stuff being made for women. It was, you know, kind of mainstreamy, not really weird and finishy the way it is now, which is a delight. <laughs> so you have all these fetishes covered. So I highly recommend. If you guys ever go to Tokyo, I mean try out a lot of places, but you gotta go to Ikebukuro's Sunshine exit and go try out Otome Road because yeah, I thought it was a fever dream. I was like, this can't be real. <laughs> 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 I want to go through the $3 bucket for Ultima Games that came out five years ago. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Especially since, you know, the stuff we get over here. I mean, it's easier than ever to, to import stuff from Japan. Amazon.jp is actually quite good if you want manga. I um, did eventually give up
2: and just buy the rest of Silver Diamond that way.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think that's kind of where you got to go. I will say the last trip we went to... I was at a book off and there were some silver diamonds there. And I remembered you telling me this story and I was like, should I buy her silver diamond? Does she have the whole thing? So I she, you were you were like, I can't even buy it in Japan. It's so obscure.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Pop put out a couple
2: volumes of that. Yeah, we got all the way to volume 13 out of 27.
1: Oh, wow. You got that far?
2: Yeah. I bet. Did yeah. nobody buy it? Uh, It actually did reasonably okay. Oh, nice. Because um, even though it had been scanlated, like, And actually, the scanlations are pretty good. I think we ended up getting a little further than the scans did by the Mm. end. And, like, the scanlators, it was, again, because it's sort of an old school series in some ways. It was still with the crowd of people that was like, oh, you got to go and support the original creator. Like, go by the... Ah,
1: yeah. One of those Um, communities. So. Those are good. Yeah. You're seeing a little bit less of them now, but... um... There, there are still communities that do that, that are like, yeah, I will come down on you like the hammer of God if you put this on manga here, because the minute right. that it's licensed, it goes down. That's, right. that's what the attitude kind of used to be. <laughs> it, it was more prevalent back in the day because it was a much smaller audience. And also they weren't uh, all young and don't really understand how licensing works. That's a big factor right. in piracy. Kids just don't
2: know oh, that, that that's illegal. And I just <laughs> don't think they're aware that like, oh, this thing that I'm reading online isn't legit version oh yeah yeah yeah. no
0: i I, working at uh you know working retail at cons i definitely had people come and say no it's in english like not understanding (laughs) the difference between scanlations and and licensing and just yeah right right Mm. anyway that's a topic but anyway anyway, sorry
1: (laughs) i think we did one on that but
0: all right uh i think that's a pretty good intro to otome road i mean as much as you can do without actually going there
2: now i I really want to go to milky way cafe
0: (sighs) yeah that would mm. that sounds really nice. I want some kind of yeah, ridiculous it's a good time. parfait for breakfast. Mm, <laughs> sounds- definitely,
1: it's for people who are thinking about going to Tokyo. It's never a cheap trip. Um, it's just you know Tokyo is kind of expensive. A lot of this stuff is not that expensive when you go. It's actually pretty easy, pretty easy to eat cheaply in Tokyo. Um, it's more like the flight and wherever you're going to stay. We tend to go in Airbnbs with a couple people, which can keep the prices reasonably low and also give you like a cool little apartment that you can live in.
2: I will I say that at some of like the lower end hotels in Tokyo and they're mm-hmm. actually still pretty nice. Like the first time mm-hmm. that I was in Ikebukuro, I was at a place that was basically like 50 bucks a night, which is about oh, as wow. cheap as you could get. Yeah. Um, so if you're not at like a youth hostel in the countryside, uh, so that's definitely a possibility. We,
1: the trip that we went, it was, we, there's ways of looking up deals for, you know, look on the Tuesdays of the month, three to six weeks ahead of time, whatever. Some people are very good at getting cheap flights, but we got a round trip from Toronto to Tokyo nonstop for like 600 bucks, which was kind of absurd.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Seriously. Yeah. There are some
1: very good fair deals. And, uh, it, it was also, we went, we always go in the off season. So we generally go around February. Tokyo's kind of cold in the winter, but not, I mean, we're from New England, so like in Canada. Canada. Yeah, they, I would say that they're kind of comparable to New York, but a little bit milder and not as much precipitation. Mm -hmm. So like, think about New York and kind of maybe push it a month off. So like, if it's like New York in March is, is Tokyo in February. So it's kind of, it's similar to that. So you can really go on these off seasons and it's a lot cheaper. And it's also, in theory, these places are less crowded, but they're kind of not, um, especially on the weekends. One last thing I wanted to tell people about was the theme cafes beyond the Butler cafes. One thing that we did, and this is new, they have these uh, Akihabara, this was specifically in Akihabara, but they'll do theme cafes that are based on either franchises or whatever, and like they're official licensed cafes. The one that we went to this time, um, there's a big hotel called the Pasela in Akihabara, and they were doing a Final Fantasy themed cafe that's actually been there a while. You have to really go early and book your tickets and stuff, because you can't just really walk in. But they opened up an Automate, uh cafe, and this actually I think is a couple of years old. It's So Otomate is a brand of Otome games, so they were basically having a themed cafe based on this company. And we were served by one girl dressed as, like, a samurai and another girl dressed as, you know, some other, you know, whatever. But instead of it being, like, the butler cafe or, or the drag cafe where they're really in character, they're just kind of in cosplay. But you go into the cafe and they have, like, giant cardboard cutouts of boys from Amnesia. And the walls are just kind of plastered with, like, the CGs from various games. They'll have, like, sections. <laughs>
0: So it's like yeah. this is the
1: Hakuoki section, whatever. We were in the we Hakuoki makeout had,
0: booth, so you know. we were, yeah. <laughs> so
1: there's a booth that was just all of <laughs> bringing Alex to those places is really funny. We're like, here, sit next to this one, and has, there's a lie down kiss. <laughs> and he's like, great, thanks. <laughs> and then they bring you these. It's like all theme foods, so you go in there, and it's. I think we almost all bought off the Code Realize menu because it had the best stuff. But like somebody, I think you bought the Lupin. Not the croque monsieur, but something similar to it, some yeah. sort of lupin-based breakfast. Because lupin is a character in Code Realize. I think I had the Frankenstein's. Because Code Realize is based on like literary characters, and then you just you take kind of. I think they let you take pictures in there, so it's more like a. As opposed to the people serving you being the theme, it's like the cafe is themed. The Final Fantasy one had a bunch of like fantasy weapons on the walls. So we did that one as well. There's one day where we mm. only ate at theme cafes. <laughs> <laughs> it's odd, but um, so the Final Fantasy cafe, besides having like life-sized what were they called moogles one of those those weird
0: yeah, animals moogles, in, in final right? fantasy moogles
1: yeah. they'd have like life-size ones that were kind of like arranged kind of around tables giant swords in the wall and stuff but you would order i think i ordered the leviathan noodles so it was like you know a noodle dish or whatever and they had a leviathan which is like this giant dragony monster kind of like cut out of the seaweed and it was like plonk so it's like here's your dragon noodles i'm like all right they're actually super delicious so i was cool with that yeah. but they'll also give you limited edition goods with that as well mm. so they had uh, Becca. Why don't you explain the,
0: the uh, ultimate coasters? Oh, and the yeah, pins? they kept giving us. Stuff. They, there were coasters with like different. You know, they just have scenes from all the different games. They had pins, and they'd give you. they give you stuff based on how many things you ordered. So for every like meal or drink or dessert, you got a new coaster. So we came home with like a big stack of coasters, and a bunch mm. of these like random pins. Same kind of thing. You know, depending on how much you get, they'll give you more stuff. Uh, the placemats were basically posters, so you could just take them and put them aside. Yeah, like, like, sometimes, I mean, your, your food and drinks would sometimes come with, like, little themed things sticking out of them, like you were saying, the, uh, Leviathan. I think my drink at the Final Fantasy Cafe had, like, swords in it, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, just, yeah. lots of, like, little, like, the whole point of going to those places is that you, like, go home with a lot of, like, swag and, and stuff you can only get there. Again, like, like, Japan Loving is good. so good luring people into their weird shit sorry sorry say that again you disappeared uh, on me no just Japan is so good at just luring people in to do the doing all the stuff because you know you gotta get the you gotta get everything and like being a completionist in Japan has got to be like the most difficult job in the entire universe because mm-hmm. they're just always doing hmm. this stuff but yeah so we, we yeah. came home with like tons and tons of automate stuff just from sitting there and eating lunch
1: And it's cute, you know? Yeah. It's fun. But some of the stuff you have to research in advance, like buy your studio, or rather buy your Ghibli Museum tickets overseas. Like don't buy them in Japan, buy them in America or Canada before you go because these things sell out ahead of time. We passed, there was another Final Fantasy Cafe that Alex was like, you can't go in there. (laughs) Because I was like, they they don't take any walk-ins and stuff. Mm -hmm. You have to like Mm -hmm. register and they have lotteries. And like, I don't know, it's pretty, it can get pretty intense because as anybody will tell you, in Tokyo, the theme cafes a lot of the time will hold like eight people. Mm. <laughs> and you're basically competing with like a city full, full of otaku. I will say the Otomate and Final Fantasy cafes were rather big, especially the Otomate one. There was room left over um, on the day that we went. It was, it was relatively easy. We still had to show up kind of early and they only open it for certain blocks of time. And you're like, I want this block or whatever. So you kind of show up mm. that day when they open. It was like nine or ten in the morning. But I think the Ultimate Cafe is less competitive than Final Fantasy 1 Cafe, because you know Final Fantasy is kind of huge. It was called, what, Erosia or something? It was like the name of a place in one of the Final Fantasy games, I think. Most of the themes were stuff that appears in the the whole series, so the monsters, you know, Mm Shiva. I think I got a Shiva drink. Shiva was my favorite summon in Final Fantasy VIII, so I'm like, oh, this is kind of fun. And then the Ultimate (laughs) 1, it's like similar to the Starry Sky Cafe, all of a sudden, like, your ice cubes are shaped like hearts and stuff. (laughs) That's a pretty good rundown of how to waste a lot of money in Tokyo. Yeah. Yep. Waste. Oh, yeah. No. Invest yep. in your own nerdity. I have, like, yeah, a good... Yeah, definitely,
2: like, make yourself a budget and try and stick to it, because you're not going to stick to it. So the question is, like, <laughs> how much are you really willing to go over and, and blow on That's very fair. yeah. The answer is always too much but <laughs> just, just bring, bring a that's, big suitcase that's what and just, about, you know so yep and if you
1: can bring a small rolling suitcase with you to these places like the nerd meccas are that's not that uncommon um yeah and like coin lockers and stuff you can use so th- they're you know
2: however holy. this is this gets to be my closing statement now the okay. the end of the story of my first trip to ikebukuro is that ikebukuro train station is very confusing even on the standards of like Japanese train stations which are confusing to begin with and so i'd stuff my suitcase in a coin locker at the beginning of this trip i could not find it at the end
0: uh, it ooh. took me
2: an hour of walking around that oh. train station to figure out where my coin locker was so and i did it i found it i made my flight barely but yeah wow. that was, it was a stressful end to an otherwise lovely day so mm. find your coin locker and then remember where it is
1: I would also recommend more than one day for Otome Road. We needed two or three to really oh. go through it. And I still didn't hit everything I meant to.
2: Yeah. So yeah.
1: it's it's too big now. I mean, it's a
0: good problem to have, but.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's an amazing problem to have.
0: Yeah. Yeah. On that note, we should probably wrap this up. Thank you for listening. We hope all of you to get who want to manage to get to Tokyo and uh, go buy giant stacks of Jojinshi and weird shit.
2: Hooray! All right. See, there'll I'm... be stuff there that you've never even imagined existing oh yeah mm. so like as much stuff as you see at anime conventions like the stuff that gets brought over here through like the gray market there's just so much more of it it's it's beyond comprehension
1: <laughs> yeah I, I own a viewfinder lip balm I got an anime five years ago so <laughs> on
0: that note we're gonna just sign off now <laughs> bye bye, bye.